Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Grand Blitz, episode 372, Oscar Lopez in the house. We are going solo today, and later in the hour, in about 45 minutes, we are going to have uh, the backseat coach back in the house as we detail week two of the WFA, week two of the WNFC, and then preview week three as there are some exciting changes happening as we go towards the eight-week season. So really exciting games this week, so if you missed them, uh, you should have been at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Cardinal Beauties, and that would be the place to be. Get all the lowdown of what's happening in the WNFC. You can watch all the WNFC games via Vire Networks, Vire Sports. So you can watch at watchvire.com. You can go directly to the WNFCfootball.com uh, for the fans, for the WFA. So uh, ftflive.com sports. You can get the, uh, the game of the week. From uh, week one right now, the Inferno versus Orlando Anarchy, and you should have uh, week two, which is really a, a crucial game, 8-7, as the Houston Energy, uh, really massive, great game against Arlington Impact. So you're going to get to watch it till the fourth quarter nail-biter. So it will be replayed on for the fans uh, within a couple of days here, and you'll be able to watch it as well. So an exciting matchup in week three for the game of the week for the WFA as the rivalry in the East Coast, which has defined the Women's Football Alliance since 2009, and that is the Boston Renegades taking on the D.C. Divas. And that's going to be the highlight game of the week. So don't miss it. Get all the details right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Cardinal Beauties. Uh, welcome to the Blitz, powered by monkeyknifefight.com. Go to Monkey Knife Fight, use the code NJF, $5 free play up to a $100 match. Get to do props on NBA, NHL, MLB, MMA, just about anything on there, NASCAR, golf. So go right there, sign up, NJF, for the monkeyknifefight.com. Uh, helps our podcast stay alive and bring awareness to women's tackle football. Don't forget to go to our shop as well. Thank you, everybody overseas who has purchased from our shop. Up to 25% off daily on capris, leggings, tees, tanks, anything you want there. No Joe Football slogan, Great Iron Beauty slogan, logos, and everything else. Check it out. Support our podcast. Support our platform that brings awareness to women's tackle football. We've been doing this for a long, long time, almost 10 years. So really appreciate everybody purchasing for, uh, from us and supporting your stuff out there and helping bring awareness to our amazing athletes that play women's American football globally. All right. We have backseat coach here in a couple minutes, uh, in about 45 minutes. But today in the house we have the uh, Las Vegas Silver Stars and that would be the owner, player, and outstanding pioneer, Kerry Walters, will be here in a couple minutes, including another uh, exciting athlete and also a pioneer, uh, Christy Acasio of the Las Vegas Silver Stars, which they won their opener 33-6 against the Oregon Ravens. And Ravens rebound this week after having that loss to Vegas. We're going to preview the Silver Stars as they clash this weekend with one of the top teams in the WNFC, and I'm pretty sure they're looking forward to that as well. So uh, that's going to be a really awesome matchup coming up here this week. If you didn't catch anything or missed out on anything that I'm just talking about, I have no clue what I'm talking about, 
you always go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties. All right. Uh, we're going to have uh, Mark Simone coming in here in about 45 minutes to talk about the Boston Renegades, and we're going to dissect WNFC Week 2, uh, WFA Week 2, and we're going to preview Week 3, go over some of the rankings as well, and kind of give us a lowdown as to what's happening here. Uh, I know you guys listen to us all the time, uh, and I really appreciate it Tuesday nights. Uh, we also have other podcasts that you can listen to and support. Uh, you have a you know cleat sheet. If you haven't followed them on Instagram, go to Cleat Sheets, Aaron uh, Turitz of the Boston Renegades, Jody Rolander, Hall of Famer uh, of the Minnesota Vixen. So they talk about all things WFA. So you can get it right there at Cleat Sheets. If you go to IG, you can also get the, uh, the link on our page from a while back. So you can dive into the WFA in a different format with a different type of platform than ours. Uh, you can also listen to Coach's Corner 5 with Coach Tim Holmes of the L.A. Bobcats on Wednesdays right here on Block Talk, 8 p.m. Pacific. So check out uh, Coach Holmes. Pretty interesting. Uh, Coach Coach's Corner 5 after the uh, loss in Oregon. So it'll be interesting to hear from him uh, what happened there in terms of their loss as they prepare for Las Muertes de las Cruces coming up here this weekend. So it's really, really awesome. So check it out. Uh, don't forget, we're going to have a message from Brian Sweeney this week as we preview the big clash of the WFA Game of the Week and that would be the, uh, for the fans, Game of the Week, Boston versus D.C. All right. Um, we are going to get some information on the IWFA. We were supposed to have a week four. I could not uh, get information on the Austin Divas versus the Texas Legacy, so we'll dive into that. Uh, we're also going to dive into uh, a little bit of just what's happening overseas uh, at the hub, from the hub. So we got a pretty cool platform uh, just Women's sports platform was announced this week. Uh, it is uh, Haley Rosen, one of the uh, you know soccer stars in our in our country, uh, including some of the venture back back people like uh, Kevin Durant and a lot of other WNBA players that are supporting the platform. So uh, I'm looking forward to see how that's going to stretch out and how it's going to evolve because it really needs to you know we need to have a hub for that purpose as well. ESPN I think ESPNW really has failed. Uh, they were the ones that were supposed to spearhead this whole women's, you know, sports focus and everything else. But I, I just don't think – I think they missed the boat. And uh, so uh, Haley Rosen and company and her uh, support team are trying to bring a spotlight to that and help out to bring more attention to women's sports, just like we do with uh, our platform at Great Iron Beauties to bring attention to everything that's happening in women's American football globally and domestically as well with all our network partners uh, that help us with feeds, links, photos, and everything else to bring you the most exclusive coverage of women's American played on the planet, 7-on-7, 8-on-8, 999, or 11s. Um, so we're really, really proud of all our network partners and their efforts to help us be the number one Twitter source on Twitter, help us be one of the big main sources on Facebook and on Instagram, and uh, hopefully you know, we're going to get to a bigger stage where we're noticed as well as you know, the uh, Fox Sports and all these other big sports platforms, ESPN as well. So we're looking forward to when we get to that stage as well. Um, the other thing we, we can talk about is um, every week we're going to focus on trying to spotlight a couple of the teams in each league that are going to be relevant in their bye weeks so we can get an idea of exactly where they stand and where they're at and where their key players are so we can dive into the season a little bit more exclusively 
That way they have a voice here as well, just like we're bringing in the Silver Stars today as they prepare for week three uh, and kind of analyze week one and figure out what their, you know, what their message is here for this uh, WNFC 2021 uh, season. That's pretty awesome right now. So if you haven't checked it out, watch, uh, watch Meyer Network. You can watch the games pretty much on Monday night on replay, which is awesome to do. So uh, we're going to bring in the Silver Stars here in a minute here, and that will be Kerry Walters and the talented Christy Ocasio. So let's bring them in here in a minute here. The worst. Expect greatness. Expect greatness. From our preparation, to the way we perform, to the way we stand, expect greatness. Expect it from yourself, expect it from your teammates, expect it from this team. We fall, we kill, we eat. Yes, sir. Hey, energy, emotion, play fast, play for each other. That's it. Let's go get it. Here we go. Four, two, three, four, three, four, five, Ladies, uh, welcome to the Blitz. Oscar Lopez, um, Carrie Walters, and... Christy Acasio, how you guys doing? Well, hey, how I'm are doing you? great. You guys are good. If you guys have your radios on or anything like that, just turn them down. It's going to be a little tone in the back. But other than that, um, what a week, Carrie. Uh, Oregon gets a gets a introduction to the WNFC Week One against you guys, and then this week they turn around impressive win against the Bobcats. We'll start there. Okay. Um... You know, we we expect a, a we expected a fight with Oregon. Uh, we you know we didn't know much about them because this is their actual first season. So um, they came out, they played hard. Uh, we just had a little bit probably more effective game plan for our first game. Uh, so when they played the Bobcats, we weren't surprised. You know, they're they're going to be a good team. They are a good team. So um, and you know, for us, we don't we don't care who wins out of those two because we end up playing them anyway. So. <laughs> It's going to be really awesome to kind of see the certain new teams kind of blossom out, right? Um, so you guys from year one, um, Carrie, tell us the little story about you, both of you have played for the show, uh, Showgirls with Dion Lee as a background, right? You guys started back in, Correct. I think, 2006 or something like that, right? Six. And yep. so mm-hmm. you yep. guys have extensive background in terms of, you know, various leagues playing with the show, Showgirls uh, over 10 years, I think, in existence and really competitive as well. So tell us a little bit about that and then, also, just kind of introduce us to why you took the helmet off and decided to take on this venture with the WNFC. Sure. Um, you know, I like you had said, we played for the Showgirls, um, you know, for a long time. We were pretty successful. Uh, and then Coach Lee, you know, disbanded the team. He had some other things that he needed to, you know, wanted to do. Uh, so, um, you know, we just kind of decided, okay, well, that was that was it. That was our football career. Uh, Chris went and, um, you know, coached and played a little bit with one of the other teams here locally. Um, and, you know, Chris and I have always remained super close. And I think we literally were just like, you know, hey, let, let's, let's put a team together. Like, let's do it our way. Let's do it fun. Let's, you know, get back into just playing for the love of the game. And um, so that's really how our first, season went we went independent in 2000 I think it was 17 um, played a couple games and again we were just kind of goofing around just playing because we both missed the sport we had some veterans that you know missed playing Um, and then we got the call from the WNFC 
the next year and they were like, Hey, you know, you want to, we're looking for a team in Vegas. You want to join our league? And I think both Chris and I were like, uh, what us? (laughs) So, uh, you know, we talked to Odessa, (laughs) we talked to Odessa Jenkins a couple of times and, um, you know, then we decided to throw our hat in that ring. Um, as far as me personally, it wasn't a very good time, um, for me. My mom was super ill. Um, and in fact, she ended up passing away five days before our very first game. So that, that first season for us uh, didn't turn out the way we expected, but I, I own that because I really wasn't mentally present um, as much yeah. as I you know needed to be. So, um, But the girls were, you know, supportive and, and they rallied and, you know, they were like, all right, coach, let's do this again. And, you know, then obviously COVID hit. But I think for us, in some ways that probably helped us because we really got to build our program. We really got to build, you know, our, um, you know, just our camaraderie. Uh, so we're, we're super amped for this season. Carrie, uh, both of you are coaches. Uh, Chrissy, you are coaches. So is it, is it just not ground zero for you guys? I mean, uh, maybe structurally, right, or organizationally wise, because you're more of an owner now versus a, a coach coach. But is, is this, uh, let's talk to Chrissy here. Chrissy, uh, what, what do you what do you see from the year one to now in terms of the off season? A lot of teams, uh, I think, to Kerry's point, a lot of teams did benefit from that because it was one on one drills, uh, spe- specialty training with uh, other things. Even though the gyms were in place, some players were were putting themselves to a more mental state with their own positions, right? Right. I think for us, um, it gave us a little more time to actually recruit. Um, I feel like sometimes in women's football, we just, the the time crunch is is so hard for us. There's just so little time in between that with the the whole COVID um, happening, you know, it gave us pretty much a whole year to try to build the program with newer players and, you know, just newer faces and just new talent, you know, just something new for the program. So I, I think it, it really benefited our team at least, or just our program in general. Carrie, you're, you've been coaching uh, high school as well. You, you obviously played uh, for a long time. Um, you've seen the ups and downs in terms of, you know, the, the leagues, uh, teams switching, you know, leagues and all this other stuff. Um, is it comforting to think that, we have a vision in, uh, with this brand that the vision is somewhat settled in a business mode versus just having just a recreational mentality where this is more of a, a business business mode type mentality. Yeah, I think um, really for me, it was the WNFC that kind of changed my mindset and my vision because, you know, I have a full-time job outside of football. It, it wasn't a, I mm-hmm. literally just put the brand together so that we could be, you know, competitive in a league and, um, you know, but with the WNFC being so supportive of the teams and really just kind of trailblazing, at least from my perspective, you know, women's football thus far, I I really, it changed my mindset from, you know, oh, we're just going to go out here and have fun to, wow, we really could be, um, you know, a powerhouse and we really could be a brand that people want to represent, whether it's players, fans, sponsors um so yeah it's as an owner it's it's definitely a different uh, vantage point you know as a player you show up put some pads on and call it a day at the end of practice or at the end of the game but you know for an owner there there are so many things um that go on behind the scenes you know multiple times a week i 
called uh, Coach Lee and say, kudos to you, dude, for doing it for as long as you did because, you know, when you play, you don't recognize all of the little things that go on to, you know, to make a team successful or to put a game, you know, out and be successful. I think that's the the one difference um, that a lot of players kind of, you know, for transition, we transition from a player to coach, but when you transition from a player coach to an owner, uh, it's financially more upfront at at the same time. W- uh, w- having the sponsors, having like uh, Adidas or Dell as an example, that also gives you some sort of comfort zone because now uh, you're covered by a major sponsor in, in terms of perks or discounts or things like that, whatever you're going to c- accumulate. And the more sponsors you get, obviously the the lesser the load. We're not at a point, obviously the plan is a five-year plan. We're not at a point where we're going to pay the players. But, uh, Christy, do you feel like, you know, year four or five, we're going to get to that maybe sustainability level where the players are going to get some sort of, uh, you know, they don't have to pay anymore, basically? Um, yeah, eventually we'll, we'll get there. Um, I do wish it was happening now because, boy, put in a lot of years. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, I do think it'll get to a point where it's just going to break even. I mean, even if we do that, that's winning in itself, you know, because it's pretty expensive for all of us to, to do this. Um, you know, we're literally just doing it for the love of the sport. So um, I do I do see at least in five years it'll come to break even. And hopefully after that, you know, like it'll get to the point where, you know, some players are getting some type of compensation for it. But um, definitely it, it'll get there because especially with the WNFC, they, they just have a mindset and, and they're doing it already. And it's already it's only been a couple of seasons. So um, that's why I'm I'm super happy that we are actually in a part of this league and to be a part of this type of history because they're paving the way for that to happen in the right way. Carrie, the viewership uh, does it shock you that I, I don't think it should shock you. Odessa doesn't. <laughs> Odessa usually comes through for, with a lot of things. Uh, you know, uh, big spirited person that she is. Does it shock you that we have like literally, literally NFL red zone every week now? <laughs> literally, how it would you would basically equate wire the wire network, the streaming right. of it? It's like having NFL red zone basically. Right. It's um. It's something that you know in 2006, Coach Lee kept you know he kept saying you know if you stay the course, if you build the product, if you you know really um, kind of put the energy you know, behind female athletes, he's always pushed for, you know, flag in high school. And I think that that's, you know, once that starts to take hold and those athletes after college, you know, want an outlet or they want to play um, tackle football, I think that as the um, viewership increases, I think you'll get more athletes wanting to play. It's hard to get an athlete to leave a sport that they could make money in and come to a sport that they can't at this point, you know. So um, I think that as the viewership increases, which, again, being on television and having our games live streamed and then replayed on virus, it's a dream come true as a female football player, right? Like I, Like you said, I've been playing a really long time, and um, you know, we've always kind of hoped for this day uh, to come, and it's it's slowly coming. And, and I think that once people recognize that, you know, the product that we're putting out isn't just powder puff, you know, we are hitting, we are, um, you know, laying people out and making spectacular catches. And, um, you know, I think that, I think once 
we get more viewership and people are able to see what we have, I think that the excitement will grow, you know, even more exponentially. Chrissy, uh, I had a friend of mine. I introduced him to uh, week one. Uh, that was last year. And it was uh, the, the Facebook Live on San Diego Rebellion. And the first thing he said to me, is this Canadian football? That was the first answer that he said to me. Is this Canadian football? And I'm like, no, this is uh, women's basketball football. So I guess we've arrived to a point where somebody thinks of it as the broadcast being very good, right? Not shoddy like YouTube we used to have before or, or that kind of huddle thing type mentality. Right. I think that's what the league is kind of helping drive as well. You know, that if you set expectations and you help teams achieve those expectations, then the quality is equal across the board. Um, you know, they gave us ways to stream with no budget, low budget, you know, crazy budget. Um, so, and that's, you know, that's kind of their mentality is if one team fails, then we all fail. And if one, if all the teams succeed, then naturally we will succeed as a league. And so, um, you know, as an owner, I appreciate that from the league because like I said, you know, they're, they're setting us up for success. They're, you know, helping, they're mentoring, um, you know, they're providing um, feedback and suggestions and, um, you know, just giving us kind of the blueprint to be successful. Um, and, and as an owner, I really, really appreciate that because I'm in healthcare. <laughs> I don't, I don't know the yeah, first no. thing about business. <laughs> I, I understand, you know, like when you, when you have to drive a brand or you're, uh, you have to market yourself basically, and it's very hard when you're on your own and you have no support to market. So as right. it's nice to have a Lee White focus, right, with a full uh, with a full branding mentality where you own you you basically just own your market and you know what your responsibility is for your market. You don't have now you have a national voice, that's my point. You have a national voice, you have national sponsors you can speak to because I think before you know when I started covering and uh, carry yourselves 2006 I started covering 2009, right? Before there was no, I, I didn't ever, I never saw that that unified message for a brand, and to right. for you to be relevant, you know, it's like the WNBA just okay, you know, the individual teams just pitching themselves out there. It's not going to work when right. when the national brand is the one that stands out. Then people what they people just gravitate to what their local market, right? Oh, is there a team in my town? And then they kind of drive into okay, now you got to really be focusing on, you know, the ticketing, the messaging, the the community involvement with organizations so that you can get visibility. Um, Carrie, we always strive for butts in the seat. And I really appreciate the fact that I kept saying this. Uh, Douglas Chartland used to say this too. Everybody used to say this. It's the wrong approach for women's soccer football. For us to hope to put butts in the seat. I really think the fact that we're in, two, in 2021 and we have so many – uh, streaming venues or options, right? I think this is a win-win for women's tackle football because if we don't, we don't need to necessarily have to put butts in the seats right now. We just have to put eyes to the brand, and then the butts in the seats will come. I really think that's Correct. where we're at. I agree. I agree. It's it's hard. You know, if we're a, we're an isolated market, you know, Vegas. It's it seems like a big town or a big city, but it's really you know population wise compared to your LA's and your Phillies and you know your um, Dallas's. We're a small town, so getting butts in the seat. Um, you know, we used to have 
two to 300 people come to our games, 500 people to come to our games back when we were the showgirls, but it still didn't drive the brand because only those two to three to four to 500 to 50 people saw the game. So having it, you know, out to a bigger market allows for people who are just, you know, on Vire Network watching their other live stream shows come across it or, you know, we're posting it on social media and, you know, anyone who's a sports enthusiast could say, hey, what, you know, what's this? Women's tackle football, let me check this out. And they don't have to come to my, you know, high school stadium or my college stadium or, you know, wherever we're playing locally. So I think that you're right. I think that for us it's just um, – brand recognition it's getting people to see or have the access accessibility to see us play um, that will um, kind of drive the brand and then the butts in the seat will come later uh chrissy what do you think of the video uh formatting with score 58 i really think that was impressive year one it's more impressive now because now you have score 58 and you have a, a various other uh people that are helping each each team in their market to really be consistent with streaming. Um, so I think that's, that's huge in a sense that it's streamlined as one, as your point, as they move as one. So it's, it's been, it's very impressive. I mean, we get messages on our platform a lot of times in the last year and this year, a, a lot more this year where, you know, I can't make it to, to the game, but uh, you know, I'm originally from Las Vegas and I want to watch my Vegas team. Right. Correct. Yeah. So for me, I'm, I don't know, like Carrie as well, like I'm super old school. So this, all this stuff is fairly new to me. I mean, not like, you know, television and all that stuff, streaming and stuff, but for us being shot live is, it's crazy. Like that's almost unheard of. Like, you know, we, we started in 2006 and we didn't have anything but a mom and pop video or somebody on the sideline <laughs> shooting our videos, you know? So yeah. um, I'm, I'm like more than impressed. And LFL. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was a highlight reel. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, the LFL was completely different. We're not going to talk about that, though. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, with this, with with how they're putting it out and who they were in contact with and just the different people that are helping out put out the product, I think that this is – it's just going to get better. Like, production is going to get better. Um, I mean – I don't know exactly how big it's going to get, but I, hopefully we're right up there with, uh, you know, like ESPN soon, you know, hopefully in the next four years, you know, so I'm super excited and I can't wait to see where it goes and, you know, learn more about it so that we can push our team product as well um, to the next level. Carrie, the, the branding uh, was revamped from year one and now year two. Was that uh, on purpose or was that planned and just didn't have enough time or, I'm talking about the logo design for your team and your colors and all that stuff. Um, so the colors have pr- pretty much stayed the same. I'm a I'm a Raiders fan at heart. I've always been a Raiders fan. So mm-hmm. uh, much to the chagrin of my uh, players uh, when I wanted to go. <laughs> yes, I, I, I even have season tickets. I cannot wait to go to a game. I'm so pumped about that. But, um, yeah, my so initially I wanted it to be silver and black for that very reason. You know, I got a little pushback from some of the players and, you know, that had played with me for a long time. So um, the league actually, again, talking about branding, you know, I reached out to um, uh, just the league in general. And, you know, I, I owned that I had no idea what I was doing. I really didn't. And, 
you know, they could have very well said, oh, tough crap, you know, you're on your own, but they didn't. They, you know, they sat down with us. They suggested, you know, that we rebrand our logo to just make it more um, visible, to make it more powerful. Uh, so they helped us with that. They um, reached out to, um, you know, someone who could help us with the design. Uh, and then we just went with it. So, you know, really that was the league trying to help us, you know, really become, um, like I said, a logo and a brand that people go, huh, that's that's pretty that's pretty cool. Like, you know, I mean, I loved our old logo, um, but only because, you know, we sat down and designed it. But this, you know, definitely if we're moving forward and we're talking about branding and, um, you know, noticeable logos, you know, we wanted to kind of change it up and the league was super um, instrumental in doing that with us. Chrissy, uh, it stands out a little edgy for you guys, right? But I think Vegas is somewhat in that sense too, right? The the, the design of the logo and, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, it's, the logo is pretty funny. Um, they Honestly, they came back and forth with us with a lot of different designs. Um, and, again, we – Carrie and I are pretty old school, so we, you know, we were kind of like, oh, the change is going to be different, but, um, you know, the league was finally like, hey, you know, this is, this is what's happening, you know, like we're trying to move forward and and make things bigger, better, uh, more modern, you know, like, and, you know, they just kind of convinced us that this is the way to go, so um, at first, you know, we were like, no, 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 no. But then um, <laughs> one of the one of the design one of the designers came out with another with this final one, and all we really did was just change a couple things on it, and it looks great. You know, like I I love it now because it does stand out for us at least. You know, it's just different, so um, we're okay with it. So, I mean, it represents uh, Vegas in a lot of ways, right? Silver stars, uh, a lot of stuff in terms of performances on the on the strip and everything else. So does represent Vegas in that sense, uh, in terms of the namesake. Yes, absolutely. Um, at first, when we when we were trying to come up with names, Carrie kind of gave us some, um, let us, you know, give her ideas, and then we all went back and forth, um, more of the, like, veteran players. Um, I will say that one of our choices or options were the Aces, which was pretty cool to know that uh, soon after, our basketball team here was later named the Aces. So we were on the right track. I think I think we kind of set that up for them, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Carrie and Chrissy, who are we watching out for? Uh, week one, played really well against Oregon. Offensively, really good. Uh, how are we, you know, who are we watching out for as fans, as us fans? Who are the, you know, give us a couple names on offense. Give us a couple names on defense. You know, some of your playmakers that you guys, you know, I know all of the, all, all of them contribute, but there's always a key three or four. They're obviously very impactful. Um, on offense, um, it's, you know, definitely our running back. Uh, she's quick. She's powerful. Uh, she has good vision. Um, we have a receiver that we don't think that uh, too many corners uh, can actually cover one-on-one. Um, and then we have some really good linemen. Like, you know, we've been around football a long time. This is probably one of the strongest groups of linemen that we've, that I've ever been associated with 
playing. We don't or need coaching. to keep the names off the roster for the for the opponents, but I'd like to have some names. Oh yeah, sure. So um, Bar- Barbie Davis is one of our linemen. Um, Azioni and Nak- how do you say her last name, Chris Nakai Phillips? Uh, we'll just call her Az. <laughs> yeah, Az. Um, uh, Precious Flowers. Uh, she plays both offense and defense. Uh, she was the, um, I think the player that ran down one of the running backs. She's our D end, and we have film of her running down, probably like a saving a seventy yard touchdown. Shoved this girl so hard that I think she's still in tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so she, she's uh, super strong and quick. Um, um, We'll leave it at that. Yeah, as I mean, long as nobody's in the hospital, I'm just good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think for us, I, it's always important to note that, you know, yes, every team has key players, and, you know, obviously that's no secret. But I think for us the success really is that um, we gel really well. So, yes, we have an amazing, you know, left guard, and, you know, she's strong and quick and smart, but – it really doesn't matter if you have an amazing left guard, if your center's weak or if your left tackle's weak or, you know, and I think for us, we just um, gel enough and kind of know each other well enough now that, you know, we know when we need to help out. We know when, you know, we need to go one-on-one. And like I, like I said, for, you know, our offense, we, after the first game, we clicked pretty well defense. We have, you know, some rookies, so we're really working on that, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty excited for the season. I'm, I'm super excited that we have the bunch of women that we do. All right, Chrissy, uh, when I heard uh, Dion Lee was going to be assisting or part of the Silver Stars, uh, I, I said it here, uh, much improved. Vegas will be much improved from year one, and no doubt this is, this is what it is. I mean, he's knowledgeable. He understands the game. He's very strategic. Um, I'm pretty sure both of you guys are too, but he's he's been doing it for a long time, so – to bring in somebody like that to assist the program, that's huge. Yeah. Um, we definitely have been missing that piece uh, these last couple of years. So when Carrie and I talked about it, um, you know, he really is the only person that I, I think that we feel comfortable with. Um, we, we all speak the same language. We know what, what we like, what we don't like, what, what he expects of us, what we expect of him. So I think bringing him onto the program um, is going to elevate the play because, again, we learned everything from him, everything. Everything that we know today came from him. So um, just bringing that back on, it's like home again, you know. So, um, And I hope that our rookies and, you know, future players will get the same that we did from him when we played for him, like when we first started. So. Um, I do think that Dion will help elevate Vegas, you know, to a different level. If if you guys put yourselves at the showgirl level, um, I believe this is this is going to be a very competitive team to beat. And I saw the highlights in Week One against Oregon. I know Oregon's, you know, somewhat a brand new team. Um, your benchmark carry is Utah and Rasmussen. That is the that is the standard. Just like uh, you know, Houston waking up week one and going, "Hey, I got to face the Spartans," which is probably not a great present to be to right. be on the week one fight against the Spartans. But 
Um, this is where you guys want to be, right, Christy and uh, and Carrie. This is uh, this is where you want to be on uh, in week three. You're taking on Luis Bain, Coach Rasmussen, you know Gina Magana. I mean, they are very uh, resourceful. Taking on our co-host Holly Custis on defense. Um, so the opportunity to put yourselves at a level of a uh, higher level of competition and maybe the league looking at you guys in a different format too. This is somewhat of a big test for you guys. Would you say that or not? Oh, absolutely. To be the best, you have to beat the best. So, um, you know, even when we played independent, I wanted to play Utah because it doesn't, it doesn't uh, make me feel amazing uh, as an owner, as a player to beat teams that you're expected to beat. You know, you, that's that's just what's expected. And I'm not taking anything away from Oregon. I think we were actually the underdog in that game as well. But, um, but yeah, Utah's, Utah's the team that, you know, we have our eyes set on. And, um, you know, we, we just want to play hard. We want to play good football. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they've been, a, you know, they've been successful as a program for many, many years. I mean, we played them back different names, different, you know, eras as the showgirls. And, you know, so we, you know, we know that they're a good program. Um, but like I said, to be the best, you have to beat the best. And I do think that, you know, this game will, um, you know, I guess maybe bring us into the conversation of good teams, you know, not new teams, but we'll, it'll change our, you know, the conversation about, oh, Vegas is a good team. Like, look out for them instead of, oh, you know, they're new. They went 0-6 that first season, which, again, I I own that. And, you know, that's all we, we – we think about that and we talk about that and we just know that we're not going to repeat that. So, No, I don't think that that's going to be this season for you guys. Um, Chrissy, uh, a lot of playmakers for um, Utah, they run somewhat of a – I wouldn't say complicated offense, but they run – more of a streamlined offense. They're very strategic in that sense. Um, as a defense, what are you guys? What are you looking at right now in terms of? You've seen them on film many of times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for us, because they are such a disciplined team, I think that's what I'm hoping for the defense of ours. Communicate. Communication is going to be very key in this game for all of us um, because we have such a a young team, um, you know, they they just want to get out there and, you know, do their thing. But this is a whole different ball game when it comes to a team that is so disciplined. It's, it's basically playing chess, you know. So we also have to, you know, relax and, you know, sit back and, you know, be patient, um, be patient football players. So hopefully, uh, you know, this game that shows and, you know, that shows our poise, you know, and, uh you know, and, and the work that we've been doing with everybody. So, um, you know, hopefully we come out on top, you know. Carrie, what what are you expecting, or what is Dion and, and you uh, all together, you guys are expecting from this game? Is this, is this a, uh, like a parameter for you guys? Like if you can stay within a touchdown or two, or if you can go stride for stride in terms of scoring, is that something that you guys are, you know, what's what's the vision right now facing Utah? Um, you know, well, the vision is to win always. <laughs> so we if we go, right. If if we go score for score, we're hoping that, you know, they miss an extra point and we don't. Um, yep. no, I think, I, I think our, um, our, our vision is to, like Chris said, just stay patient. So 
you know, mm-hmm. they're going to run the ball. There's no secret in that. Um, they're going to, you know, bust off one every once in a while. We just have to make sure that, you know, we keep the big plays to a minimum. If we, you know, keep them to, you know, a one to two big plays a game, I think that we'll be in it. Um, you know, we're we're just – we're not expecting to – you know, shut them down where, like Chris said, they're very disciplined. They know how to move the ball. Our job is just to be patient. And then on offense, you know, we need to play our game. So if they score, yes, we need to drive the ball down and score. So um, for us, it's it's just a matter of letting the game play itself out and doing our jobs as individual players. Um, and I think it's going to be, you know, a really, really good game. I wanted to bring you guys on because uh, I want to tell you guys I'm very proud of you guys. Uh, week uh, year one wasn't such a great year, but I know that was just a starting point. And uh, and you guys bringing on Dion in here and you guys being having a relationship with him. Uh, the moment that that you know message came out, I, I really think just unified you guys even more. And and this is a different team. We saw it in, in, in week one, of course, but it's a different mindset, different team. Uh, you guys know what Dion's all about. Uh, Dion knows what you guys are all about, and the coaching staff is to Chrissy here. Hopefully, it, it's going to just fermigate onto the field with the with the team that you got now, because uh, the level and the expectation to be successful is huge. And I think if everybody buys into that, you're, you guys you guys are going to have a very good season. Um, is Utah the benchmark for the West, just like Texas is for the East for you guys? Is that like a circle thing where we you got to win each game, right? But at the end. It's it's a matter of whether you face them again, and this is a great uh, great opportunity here in week three because if if you sh- showcase really well here, it's an opportunity on film to show okay where you're at, right? So it gives you another uh, leg up on maybe if you have to meet them down the road. Um, I I think Utah and also San Diego, um, those would mm-hmm. be you know our our two games that we're really keying on. Um, and and yeah, I mean, if we, you know, if we win this game or we even have a you know good showing, I think it really, like I said a little bit earlier, it kind of changes the conversation about the Silver Stars, um, and being you know um, like a team to be reckoned with in the in the league. But yeah, Utah and San Diego are the teams that you know we're really really trying to like key in on. Um, you know, they set the bar a little bit higher than we're, you know, than we have played in the past, obviously our first season. So um, we're just trying to make sure that, you know, we compete with um, all the teams, but especially the ones that have been, you know, historically successful, because those are the teams that you want to beat when push comes to shove. All right, uh, Chrissy, you guys don't care about rankings, but our fans care about rankings. We care about rankings because it makes it interesting <laughs> to talk about rankings. Um, we had you ranked at number eight. So you're in the top ten conversation as one of the elite teams in this league. That's got to make you feel good after week one. Uh, yes and no, just because uh, just being the vet, I mean, the week one rankings don't really mean much until it gets to at least week four. So I appreciate that we are definitely in the top right now. Um, but in week four, that's where I want to be. I actually want – I well, we hope to be in the top five. That's where I would like to be in week four. So week one, it's, that's fine. You know, like that's – the rankings are amazing, and it, it gives us something to um, be proud of right now. But I'm looking more 
into the future, I, I want to be up there in week four. So hopefully in the next, you know, couple games, like this is when we have this conversation again, you know, we're, we're up in the top, you know, above six. So. All right. So after the rematch with the Ravens is where I'm going to, I'm going to take some notes here after the Ravens rematch, uh, Chrissy, then I'll figure out whether you dropped or moved up, whether you go up to five or six or, or up to that close benchmark. So, but um, you got to be proud. If you're in the if you're in the top ten conversation on a, on a in a twenty league, you know, uh, I, I think that's impressive. Considering uh, you know it's just week one, but uh, com- compared to 2019, this is a this is a great start for you guys. Absolutely, it is. All right, Carrie. Um, anything else that I, I didn't pick your brain on, or anything like that, or anything you want to shout out to the fans and let them know about? You know, game tickets where they can get stuff for you. Uh, you know, get involved with uh, the Silver Stars locally. Um, you know, websites, IGs, handles. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're on all the social media platforms. Our games. We finally uh, were um, lucky enough to book Faith Lutheran. So our, our last two home games will actually be at Faith Lutheran, uh, 5:30 start times. Um, May 15th and June 12th, there are two home games. Um, we just, we appreciate the fans. We appreciate our families that support us. We appreciate the other teams in the league. You know, we know how hard it is to, one, be a startup team, uh, two, you know, hold um, on to your teams for, you know, as long as um, teams like Utah have and San Diego have. So being, you know, able to year after year put a good product out, um, yeah, we just, I just personally appreciate the opportunity. You know, I didn't start playing football till I was 32. So, um, if I had had it in my twenties, I think I would have been ecstatic. I mean, I was ecstatic in my thirties, but that's, that's kind of our goal for us is to create a product that, you know, younger girls are going to want to be a part of, and that sponsors are going to eventually want to be a part of on a, on a big national scale more so than, you know, they currently are. So, uh, we, I really appreciate you having us on. Um, I love talking football and all things football, so I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Yeah, very no, much. I, I wanted to bring you guys, bring you guys on because you guys deserve that uh, after week one performance is really good. Looking forward to just how you guys are going to evolve throughout the the next couple weeks, as Christy uh, mentioned here about how that's going to transform you guys into either a, a higher level team or a, at a mediocre status, as they say. You know, if you're dropping off the, the midway point. Um, uh, Christy, before I let you guys go, uh, the NAIA uh, showcase the championship, collegiate championship, uh, a couple of your peers, you know, Liz Sowers of the Glory and uh, Katie Sowers, of course, everybody knows from the NFL, from Niners. Um, wow, what a, what a moment at, in Atlanta to uh, have collegiate, you know, uh, flag football introduced now, looking for that 40, 40 programs to really launch it into the next level where – that could be a huge recruitment for all the teams in the WNFC. Yeah, that's um, – speaking of that, yeah, how Carrie touched on that earlier with the whole um, flag football and high schools and stuff, that I'm super appreciative of the women out there that are, are up in higher places doing things like that. Um, we hope that these programs will be like feeder programs for – what we hope to be like the NFL for women. So um, I, I hope that it just keeps growing. And then 
that definitely helped push our side of the sport, like the tackle women women's tackle football. So I, I hope that they that it just gets even bigger um, and more of us like Carrie Walters, you know, get involved in something like that and you know get to higher levels of play and be able to, to you know push our our actual women's tackle. All right. Ladies, I really appreciate you making the time. Carrie, as always, uh, you've been always been amazing, and uh, really appreciate it. Say hi to Dion for me, you guys, because uh, absolutely, uh, what, an, what an awesome Will do. human being that he is, and uh, he's always hardworking, busting his butt out there. So I really appreciate that too. Um, he's always done a great, tremendous things for women's tackle football. So um, looking forward to the clash as you guys are uh, hosting the uh, runner-up nine cup champions of the runner-up of the Pacific champions, uh, the Utah Falcons. So that's going to be interesting and exciting this weekend, and we'll be watching. Yeah, we're excited. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you very much. Have a great night, both of you. Appreciate it. Uh, look forward to talking in another couple weeks and see where we're at. Absolutely. All right. Have a great night, guys. Thank you, well. you. Thanks. All right, guys, that was the talented uh, Christy Acasio and uh, Carrie Walters, former uh, Las Vegas showgirls. And on top of that, they have put together a really nice program here in the WNFC. Right off the, right off the bat, win number one, they are taking on the big-time juggernaut, which is the Utah Falcons. That's the reason we want to bring them on here, because they are taking on one of the premier teams, number two ranked team in all of the WNFC, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how they fare up against the Utah Falcons this weekend. So, um, awesome, awesome weekend of football, both in the WFA and the WNFC. And who better to talk about it right now than uh, Mark Simone of Backseat Coach? And let's bring him on here. Uh, Mark, how's it going today? It's going great. Thanks, Oscar. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, Mark just got to talk to Carrie and Christy. Uh, of the Las Vegas Stars, so they're excited. They're taking on the big, uh, big dog Utah this weekend. Yeah, you know that was really uh, exciting. A great interview. Um, you know, uh, some some players from oh, what feels like such a long time ago. You know, uh, oh yeah. But it's great to see they've built a pro, you know that that they're building a good program. Uh, it's nice to know that Coach Dion Lee is uh, has uh, has a part in it. Um, you know, he was just very um, instrumental to developing a women's football there in Las Vegas. And I'm glad to hear that, you know, it's being carried on um, in a very strong manner. You know, um, got a couple teams there in Las Vegas, and um, it's very exciting. Good luck to them in their next game against the uh, Utah Falcons. Well, Mark, I think competitive-wise, we know what the Falcons are about. Uh, the, I think the, the Stars are kind of evolving into a better squad uh, with Dion's leadership with Kerry and Christy right there as a coaching staff. Uh, I'm interested to see whether they're going to, like I told Kerry right now, whether they're going to stay competitive toe-to-toe or whether they're going to be, you know, two of these Falcons because that tells a lot of story about it. If they don't get blown out 60-13 to 13, as an example – but they, you know, they stay competitive in one or two touchdowns. It really says a lot about their program and how they've improved from year one to now. Well, there, there's no doubt that they're, you know, going to try and win the game, and they're, that's one way you can see how they're going to stack up against, uh, you know, like you said, the number two team in all the WNFC. 
but obviously they're going into that game with some other objectives as well um, pertaining to their improvement as a team. Um, I think, you know, for them that's what it's real all about when you're building a program. It's it's taking advantage of these really tough matchups to uh, improve your squad and get experience and learn a few things from uh, a team and a player that's very, you know, players that are very good. Yeah, I'm sure I think they'll that's do that. Gonna it's going to be a good matchup. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be watching that as well. Um, shout out to our uh, co-host, Holly Custis on D. I'm pretty sure she's getting prepped up for the Las Vegas Silver Stars as we speak today. Yeah. Um, Seattle against Oregon. Let's just walk through WNFC right now, and, and then we'll go into the WFA because it's obviously a bigger slate. Uh, so um, the same Utah Falcons that we just talked about, they took care of Denver, uh, 46-19. It was pretty competitive for about two quarters. Uh, There's a couple intercepted on by Luis Bean as well. Um, but for the most part, once they got, once they got going, um, they kind of separated themselves. So Denver really tried to play a pretty competitive game for the first uh, couple, what, two quarters, and then it kind of got away from them. So, Right. Well, you know, good on Denver. You know, um, you know it's better than coming out flat. You know what I'm saying? So, I, um, you know, I think that's really great for Denver and – um, I think despite, you know, kind of a slow start for, for the Falcons, we, we knew that they would get their feet under them and, and uh, take off and take care of business. Um, All right. Um, the next matchup was no – there was no doubt. I'm sorry. I just – we talked about it last week. Uh, we, we, we hoped the glory would play, would play some decent ball. But uh, Manny Roses and company, there's just no match for – Stephanie Jarbro, Tiffany Hill, you know, Liz Landry. <laughs> Any other names I can put out there? <laughs> Spartan, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah, you can put them all up there. And, um, um, yeah, I, I mean, you the elite Spartans, are, they're, they're tough, you know. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the best team in the league. And, um, and, you know, I would certainly like to, to – I didn't get a chance to see any of the play happening, but – I would definitely. That's a that's a game I would like to look at from sort of a more an analytical point of view uh, to get a better understanding really of where the glory are at and and what their capabilities are. And also they're year one, so you know they got a couple players from the Slam, they got a couple players from the former Titans. Um, they're still gelling. I don't be, I don't believe Sowers was there because Sowers was in at Mercedes Stadium with the uh, NAIA. Uh, collegiate championships. So they were missing Liz. Um, so there's a couple of pieces that could have maybe benefited them in a way, maybe not win the game, but they could have probably put some points up. Um, oh, so yeah. Well, you know, you know. Yeah, and missing Liz Sowers, that's a pretty big piece. I mean, let's get realistic yeah. about, um, you know, I'm sure if she, if she were there, she, you know, she can throw the ball, she can play defense, you know, she can run, you know, she would be helping out in any any way possible. Of course, she's only one person, um, but that's a big that's a big piece of of that team right there. So um, it is, I'm uh, sure they'll be well her, her back. Mark, Mark, it's 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 a total disadvantage if you look at that Spartan roster. It's like an all star roster: Gidry, Jarbro, Hill, Landry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, Hello. it's funny. It kind of makes you laugh. And you know, they some of their 
some of the best players in their franchise actually actually have retired too. So I mean that makes it even uh, more kind of funny. Like you know, yeah. Um, and they're, they're Hall of Famers. <laughs> some of them are Hall of Famers, and they're still playing ball. So uh, yeah, right. I, I'll, I all I can say is if you're going up against the Spartans, just consider yourself you know, going up against the juggernaut. It is. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you watch them on film. They're so uh, slick. They're so uh, precise. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God. You start to look at that, and it's, I don't know. But anyways, uh, just a lot of, you know, Dodger, I, uh, what did I say, Dodger Green? I didn't even mention Dodger Green. There's like three running backs, four receivers. I mean, you name it off. It, it's literally, the roster is just massively talented. And that's uh, what makes them successful. So, yeah, they're stacked. Um, and you know, if, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So, um, that's yeah. that's what the deal is there in the WNFC. Okay. My dream is uh, as everybody's dream, right? Then that is the dream. Can we get to that dream, right? Right. <laughs> that would be a great. Match. That's the dream. Yeah, I mean, um, I think everybody would be curious to see to 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 watch those games and and see the outcome of those games and. Uh, you know, I for now I guess we'll just have to dream, but we'll we'll see what the football gods have in store. You know, in the future, it would be nice to have like once the championships are done, you have one one last clash like the AFL NFL, right? Just the WFA champion versus the WNFC champion. Hopefully, they'll make it happen at some point. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a big the big question is you know who is going to make it happen? You know, because. Um, that's I and mean, there's a lot of logistics involved with with you know making that happen. But um, sure, of course. You know, a lot of money. You know, may, maybe maybe if we can get some breaks, we can see some something like that. All right. Um, we all knew Atlanta was not going to just you know getting beat by the prodigy. We knew Atlanta was going to come back. You know, they scored twelve. They got uh, shut out twelve to zero in a tough battle against the Washington prodigy, Mississippi. Uh, didn't play too hot against Alabama, and here we are. Mississippi does not play really good. They they were fumbling the ball. They were not in the ball. They were you know all these all these mistakes were happening early, um, and they got some injuries on top of that. So uh, it just didn't look good for them. So thirty four to six, uh, the Phoenix capitalized and they beat uh, the Lady Panthers as well. So there you go. There and, and Phoenix improves to one and one. Um, then we have uh, Nebraska Nighthawks against the Houston Heat. I would say this is these are the lowest tiered teams in terms of competition right now. They uh, when you watch them on film, they're not cohesive yet. Uh, it looks like they're having issues with just snapping the ball, issues with just you know handing off the ball. There's just a lot of things that are, these two teams got to work on, and um, fortunately. Uh, Houston played the better game, and they put up 35 to zero against the Nyhawks. So, you know, the Nyhawks they got us. They get the bye week. They got to get to that next level of uh, realization that they're not going to be as competitive as they thought if they're, you know, not handling the ball properly. Right. Yeah. I, I know that you know hopes were pretty high um, for the Nighthawks, and uh, they they seem to be struggling a little bit. So, um, yeah, they they definitely need to to take the extra week and and try and turn things around and focus on the fundamentals. Um, that's what it all gets back to. It doesn't matter if you're the best team in the league or the worst. You work on the fundamentals because those are what are going to make you better. All right. So, uh, Mark, 
I don't know if they know this, but week the next week they get the Terminators coming in from Texas to Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tough to, uh, you know. So Mackenzie, if you're listening, Mackenzie, you know. Mackenzie, if you're listening, Jarborough's coming. She is. Wow, that's all I gotta say. You guys gotta, yeah, step it up, right? Is the hashtag they would use. Step up your game. You gotta step it up against the against the elite Spartans. Um, that's what they get. So um, it's gonna be next week. They get a bye, and then uh, I think it's week, May twenty second is when the elite Spartans will take on Nebraska at 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 Nebraska. Uh, so for the for the Heat, um, they get a nice win after a beatdown from the Spartans. And then they have to go to Kansas City. Uh, they ha- they host Kansas City, so that might be, you know, them putting up thirty five points against Nebraska might not be the same as maybe facing the Glory. The same thing with the Glory, not able to put points against the Spartans. So maybe it's a good matchup for both teams in terms of where they're at in gauges. Oh yeah, absolutely agree. I, I mean, I mean, it's, it's great for the Heat to to get this win under their belt and like maybe you know. Um, able to recognize some of the things that, that were working right for them um, and and they can, you know, hopefully try to use those, have those in their toolbox when they face the glory who we know are going to be chomping at the bit to, to, to get a win after taking the L this week. All right. Um, Bobcats fall on the road to the Ra- uh, Ravens. Ravens got the, got the loss 33-6 against Vegas in week one. But they they, very, they played very impressive on defense, really good offensively uh, in terms of the you know offensive output. The run game was pretty decent. Uh, Bobcat just seemed not not in tune like we saw them from year one. Uh, so there's some struggles there. They probably have to go back to the drawing board there. Uh, they get I believe they go on the road one more time and they get to face Las Cruces, which was very impressive in week one. Uh, yeah, you know, I really like the I, I like these teams out in the West here. Like, I was surprised actually by by um, that outcome, but good on the Ravens for getting that win. That's you know, that's a big win for that that squad. The, the Bobcats have um, I think been a pretty tough team, uh, and uh, the, you know they have some work to do. But uh, I am also a, a, a fan of uh, Las Cruces. Um, I really love their branding. I think it's one of the best in. In across all the leagues, I love La Muerte. It's Such a great it's idea unique. for it. It's it's a such and unique I hope they brand. do well. It, it's going to be a big game. You know, they put in like two thousand fans in that little, in that stadium at one time. So uh, right, if they're successful, I think they that might was, be able to. I think their opening out. game was like was like to capacity. Yeah, and this is a, this is the before the WNFC. So once it gets a. Uh, going here the La Muerte might be one of those you know places where you know butts in the seat a regular thing right and you know what I mean that's a big help to a football team to get that oh, yeah. you know the attendance money to help pay for your travel and stuff like that it's huge it's, it's huge and you know that's that's a sign of a, of a healthy organization that is you know gonna grow and, and do good things so very excited for the future in Las Cruces. All right. Uh, the Avengers uh, did not avenge anything. They had some trouble. They couldn't get going on offense. They uh, week one jitters. And guess, lo and behold, uh, Alabama Fire and Tony Fuller, 49-0. to zero. 
once uh, Rashida Young and company got going, it was lights out for Florida. So Florida really uh, is sort of a rebound game for them. Carolina with low numbers against Philly, back-to-back weeks. Um, this is going to be a good test for both teams. It will be. Well, I mean, at least, you know, Florida has something to avenge now. Um, so maybe they'll try nope. and be able to Fun take it out on the coins when they go on road. Um, yeah, so we'll see how, you know, Florida, Florida's a good team. It's just that week one's always one of those hard things, right? Because you, you, you get off the blocks, and if you're not gelling, as soon as somebody hits you on the other side, maybe that's the reaction. So hopefully they'll rebound here. They're going to get uh, – they go on the road at Carolina – Carolina, two tough losses to Philly, uh, but they stayed very competitive on both games against Philadelphia, so hats off to them, even with uh, some low numbers uh, because of testing didn't happen or whatever. But uh, other than that, Carolina did play tough. Uh, they held – most of the time they held Philly to uh, no, no uh, two-point conversions at the red zone. So that's a good sign, too. That's good. I mean, it sounds like they're playing with tough. I mean, Philadelphia's a strong team, you know, so uh, – I think it's a real good sign that, you know, Carolina's hung in there against them. I I think they're probably one of the – they're probably in the, you know, top five or six teams in the WNFC, um, Philadelphia is. Um, and so I, I think I, – I would give Carolina, I think, the edge, I think, against um, Florida here. But we'll see. This You know, this is kind of a – this could be a turning point for both of these teams in the season here. All right, key point, and we'll finish up WNFC here for week three. So we're ta- the Avengers taking on Carolina. Uh, we got Atlanta taking on Washington Prodigy. This is the revent, uh, revenge game from week one where they lost 12-0. Now they go on the road to Washington and see if they can take care of Jennifer King and company uh, with the Prodigy as well. Um, San Diego Rebellion, uh, after the impressive first week win, Take on the Prowlers. Prowlers pretty, per, played pretty good against uh, the competition in week one, so I'm um, looking for a very competitive matchup here against uh, San Diego. Uh, Bobcats, uh, would you say a must-win against Los Muertes or no? Well, you know, I mean, I don't think they want to let it slip away. I'll put it that way. Um, it's it's not really must-win. If it's not 0-2, Mark, it's pretty tough. 0-2 yeah. to, in this conference? It's pretty tough. You cannot yeah, go on. You know, you we've, got, go. we've got a shortened season, you know. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's one that they don't want to drop. No, nah, they shouldn't be dropping. Um, you know, shout out to our girl Donna Box out there. I know it uh, wasn't the best ending in week one, but go Donna. Let's get that win on the road in Las, in Las Cruces. Um, Utah taking on Silver Stars, which we just talked about with Carrie and Christy, and they're ready to roll. roll. Um, I, I'm assuming this is going to be a really good matchup considering Dion Lee's coaching. you got Coach Rasmussen on the other side as well. So it's uh, minds of the past, as they say, but they're very good, very good football coaches in general. So see if we see what kind of game we get. I'm sure it'll end up being a, a physical game. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, that's the one thing that you've got to do is, Against the Falcons, you really have to be on defense. You've got to be really good because they just have so many ways to beat you. Right, yeah. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't finesse your way to a win against a team like that. All right, and then Oregon will take on the Majestics. Majestics, uh, Hero and company, 
uh, Adrian Wilson. Uh, didn't have the great outing against San Diego. Uh, this, is another, this is a rivalry, basically, uh, you know, state-to-state rivalry. Uh, Oregon coming off that nice win against Bobcats. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, can we call it a toss-up in here? I would call it a toss-up. Yeah, I would call it a toss-up. Um, definitely. Um, I, I know Seattle wants to get off snide. You know, this is not the way they wanted to start the season. So um, I know they're looking for more. So th- this is the game they've got to do. It, it might almost be a, a must-win for them as well. All right, uh, we, let's go WFA because it was a really exciting week of week uh, two of the WFA. So if you didn't catch the game, uh, I don't know why you didn't catch the game, but if you didn't catch the game, it was on For the, for the Fans Network, and you can catch it right now. The previous game was Orlando against the Tampa Bay Inferno, and then the current game, which will be, I think, uploaded uh, tomorrow or the next day because I checked today and it wasn't uploaded yet, Energy. And you called it last week, Mark. You said... This is going to be a pretty tough battle, and it was eight to seven till the fourth quarter. Total nail biter, just a hard right. defense, a game on both sides. You look at that score, and you know that that was that was a battle. That was a physical, tough battle, and they, you know, you could only win it by scrape scraping it out of there. Um, so that's what we got, and you know. Compared to um, the televised um, uh, show from week from the first week, this was really what you wanted to see, right? Um, it, was, it might not have been a high-scoring game, but it was definitely competitive, and uh, I, I, I think it showed, um, you know, some of the best things about football that you can see. It ended up being a defensive matchup, you know, um, and Arlington pulled it out. I'm not sure. I think it was kind of a toss-up going in. Would you agree with that? Yeah, we talked about it. Remember, we said D1, D2. This is a this is a situation where the energy is going to have to if they stand, if they beat them, this would be a great win for the energy in terms of the D2 matchup, right? Same same situation right, we right. talked about uh, Dallas. Remember, we said Dallas uh, had to beat Austin, and they did take care of Austin, 18 to 12, just barely take care of the Austin Outlaws. The, yeah, the that ended up being a good game too. Yeah, we said that yeah. that was a crucial it must win for them, and they they come through uh, getting that win, eighteen to twelve against Austin Outlaws. Uh, the game, no surprise. I really thought Baltimore uh, played really well in the in the first week, but the, there's nothing compared to the Divas. So thirty-eight yeah, to zero, Gallagher and company. You know they take care of business. Uh, even in the even in the, I think it was slating out there in the rain and the elements. Um, so they, they get ready some of the pictures, York. and they were pretty amazing. Uh, Douglas Charlin, the staff photographer yep. for DC, really caught some really really great images of that hail falling down. I couldn't imagine what that was like, but I'm sure it had something of an impact on that game. For sure. I mean, it was raining, windy. Uh, I got feedback from all the players out there, uh, but you know, Baltimore. Like I said, it was, they they got their first win against uh, I think D three team. This is a this is top tier team, and you're not going to beat the Divas in, in that sense. So, uh, Kangaldi, she wants to go to Canton, and you know that <laughs> she doesn't. Uh, no doubt, no Canton. doubt. And so, but you know, uh, I do want to say happen. that you know, you know, Baltimore, you know, thirty eight points. Hold it. It's kind of funny to say that they held DC to thirty eight points, but I think defensively. Sure. Defensively, that's not bad because DC no, knows not. how to 
points, right? And holding them to 38, that's not bad. Maybe some of the weather had some, you know, a factor in that. Sure. Um, but um, that's it's not a bad defensive performance for Baltimore. I would have liked to, you know, see a couple touchdowns out of them. I was, I was kind of expecting, you know, at least a couple of rushing touchdowns from them. Um, so uh, in, in that way, that game was a little bit of a disappointment for uh, for my fandom, as it were. But um, I think overall, not too bad of a game. The game yeah, not too bad. that I, is I on the slate that really was a well blowout. Against topper lever competition. I think they, they, they got the measuring stick for themselves. And if they play... Uh, as well as they played against the Divas going forward in the season, I think they're going to be successful in D2, and they're going to be in that playoff hunt in D2. Right, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're definitely going to be in that playoff hunt. Uh, right now, believe it or not, um, I had mentioned this off, you know, off, off the phone call to you, that, that the Massey ratings came out. And uh, yep. right now, Baltimore is sitting on top of D2. I think, you yep. know, by virtue of of this um of this score and their their win earlier in the in the season. So um right now they're actually the top dog as far as the Massey ratings go. Of course the Massey ratings right. don't always reflect reality, especially this early in the season. So we and I know Detroit props, would know. have something to say about that too. Yeah. They had a good win week one. They get the you know they get a tough battle here in week two. Um we said Detroit had a big hurdle and no doubt and um, I don't know about you, but Mission Three Peaks is is rolling pretty well. Sixty-two to zero. This uh, Renegades team. Uh, we don't have to say much. This is almost like talking about Texas Elite in a lot of ways. It's it's what they do. I you know I, I can't disagree with you. Uh, you know they've we've got their lineup of of uh, legendary veterans: Kay Hill, Adrian Smith. Um, Chante Bonds, um, and they they just have a litany of weapons on on the offense, and their defense is stout. Their defense is stout. Uh, I mean, Detroit didn't even get a first down. Um, now, uh, the Dark Angels were missing a few of their um, a, a few of their better players for whatever reason couldn't travel. Um, I don't know if there were injuries involved from their first um, from their first matchup against Capital City. But uh, we didn't see the full we didn't see the full Dark Angels team in in Boston. I think when they have a rematch um, uh, that takes place in Detroit, I think we'll probably see a more competitive game then. Um, but I don't I don't think there's any doubt that that Boston had everything going in in that game, and they. You know, posted a, a sixty-two to nothing shutout. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the uh, the point I'm making is just they they have a kind of like a gauge for themselves now. You know, Detroit, kind of like Baltimore against Divas, so that's a good sign for them in terms of the D two. Um, they get you know they if they can run the table on their on their side of the uh, of their division, it makes them stronger at the end uh, as well. Um, we had uh, Derby City putting up seventy points on the Vanguards. That's pretty. Right, that's uh, a big number. Crazy. That's this is a D three team. That's a yeah, big number. Crazy. And uh, you know, I, I feel pretty that, I feel pretty you know. good about Derby City. You know, I, I've always admired the way they 
you know, just played tough football. And for, you know, many years, always not having the best record or just kind of like somewhere around 500, but always played tough. Any of their competitors that I ever had talked to would always say that, you know, that they played tough no matter what the situation was. And um, I think their chances of of going to the playoffs and, and doing well in the Division Three playoffs are, are, are very good. And look, I mean, looking at this score, 70 points, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. Um, Nevada Storm goes to Sin City, and they edge Sin City 22-16. to 16. Uh, Shout out to our girl, uh, Lexi DeMeo, up there, our QB. Um, so we already knew this is the battle. Um, a very impressive storm in D2 right now. It's really impressive. They're, they're, they're just – I guess they're just finishing off from where they left off in D3 which is, I think, really impressive for them. Yeah, that is. Um, they're definitely coming out strong. They're, they're definitely showing themselves to be a contender um, in the West for, for the D2 title. Um, you know, Sin City did have a better game than they had uh, the week before. You know? um, it was a lot closer this time. Um, and it was, it was a, one-score, uh, a one-score game, so... You know, good for Sin City, but you know they're zero and two now, so that's a pretty rough start to, for them. Now, the the game we talked about last week was uh, Mile High taking on OKC Lady Force, who came off the uh, w, uh, the other uh, from the previous league, and they were very dominant, fourteen to six. That's uh, pretty good. Fourteen to six battle, uh, Mile High edges at home, uh, but uh, you know KC right there, uh, kind of neck and neck, so. I don't even know if they'll be bumped to D two at some point. Right. I mean that that that's a good that's definitely a good showing from what I understand. It was a it's a very physically punishing game, um, and um, you know a one score game as well. So it, it seems like Oklahoma City's for real. You know. Yeah, and you uh, get the highlights mile right high there from Mile High at the Hub at Facebook dot com. Mark of. Uh, the other stuff, uh, the other games that we talked about, uh, we looked at uh, Carolina thirteen to six against Richmond. Uh, it's more level, more of the same level competition. I think that that's a good sign, right? Like you're talking about within one score, uh, Richmond rebounds after the Baltimore loss, so they go to Car- Carolina Phoenix here thirteen to six. So that's a, a pretty good sign for them. Uh, the other games in D three were twenty six to twenty. It was Zydeco taking on Gulf Coast. Uh, the Gulf Coast Monarchy, uh, Sizzle. You talked about them uh, last week as well. Thirty-eight to eighteen against Capital City Savages. Um, Iowa, thirty-eight to zero uh, against CF Folks uh, Snow Leopards. And then the Music City Misfits on a roll here, thirty-five to zero against Huntsville Tigers. So the D three scene. Uh, some of these teams in, going into week three, we're, we're going to start to see some separation in terms of who's who's top tier, who's mediocre. Yeah, it's looking that way, and it looks like uh, Music City is going to be closer to the top. Yeah, I don't know where the Massey's got them. I haven't checked on that either, but uh, we'll have to dive into that like next week as well, kind of like to figure out where they're at in terms of the D3. Unfortunately, Miami, Orlando was forfeited, and I believe it's because of the uh, Orlando players probably with injuries at this point. Uh, so they get the 40-0 to zero, uh, forfeit win. So it's the first forfeit of the season in both leagues. 
Yes, I'm I'm not sure how this affects Orlando's uh, playoff status. Uh, I know in the past that um, teams that have forfeited have foregone the opportunity to uh, go to the playoffs. I don't know if that's still a rule in the WFA uh, this year, um, especially considering how weird everything is with um, the shortened season and, um, you know, all the safety protocols that, that happen. Um, so I think that's something that, that we need to, to find out. I'll contact Wynn and Lisa. Uh, I'll see if I can send a message out to them and see, to your point, what, what will be the uh, outcome, you know, if that's the case uh, in terms of forfeiting and where they stand on that, on that point. Uh, I know Massey's not going to be very friendly to them, right? Cause they started doing forfeiting. It's, it throws them right off the, probably all right off the uh, algorithm type mentality. Right. I mean, it it's it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to tell, you know, when when you have an algorithm, you get unexpected results sometimes. So, so I'm not really sure. Um, I do have the Massey ratings in front of me, and it doesn't look like um, Orlando has dropped precipitously or anything like that because of the the forfeit, but next week it might just look totally different. So we have, I, I think there's a typo. Um, so I think there's a typo. Utica Hellcats against the New York Knockouts, and we had New York Knockouts against Richmond Black Widows. So I was, I double-checked it more than once, and I'm like, what on the schedule I meant for uh, May 15th? So I don't know if the Richmond Knockout and Richmond Black Widows is for the 22nd, and that was just a typo. Um, right. So one of those two, because I think I saw that I, on the um, on the site, on on the WFA site. I was also trying to sort that out, sift it out, and I'm pretty sure, I'm not speaking with any authority here, but I'm pretty sure that um, the Utica Hellcats will be hosting the New York Knockout, and that other game yeah. is... Um, not happening this week, but next week. They had to shuffle some games around because of right. uh, teams who opted out, um, uh, Maine, the MIFA All-Stars, m- and maybe another team. Um, you know, So it kind of sh- has shuffled schedules a bit, I believe. And I think that's the, the reason why the schedules are kind of unclear on the website there. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's the knockout in Utica – playing this coming weekend. Talk about uh, week three in the WFA, May 15th. Uh, so we got some key matchups here as well, some rivalries, uh, interstate rivalries as well. Um, so let's start up Utica, knockout. That's going to be one. Sin City Trojans taking on Cali War. Um, I feel bad for Sin City right now because they're, they're running into the buzz. The second week. And, yeah, <laughs> now you're going to run into – uh, Cali War, so uh, hopefully yeah, they, they can meet up pretty well. It's it's tough, but um, you know you just keep moving forward, and at least you know when using the Massey ratings to determine play as playoff spots, they'll benefit from strength of schedule by facing. That's North. one of the good things about it is the adjustment there. To your point, yeah, it could be it could be a benefit because of the. The fact that they're right. playing the higher caliber competition, and you know, and yeah. they're losing by maybe a touchdown or two, that might be it. Um, 
So we have PX. Yep. But uh, PX when you're in that locker room, you don't feel that, room. right? <laughs> no, of course not. You feel horrible. <laughs> Another <laughs> loss. You don't want to have that. Um, so Portland taking on Capital Pioneers. Uh, it's going to be your Divas. I mean, your Divas. Your Boston Renegades taking on the DC Divas. And that will be for the fans game of the week. So let's, uh, let's go there right now, um, Mark, and let's bring in Brian Sweeney here for a minute here. Hey, football fans, Brian Sweeney, voice of the Women's Football Alliance National Championship game. And this week we've got some exciting things to go over for you. First, Women's Football Alliance has a player of the week each week this year. And week number one was Grace Cooper from the Minnesota Vixen. She averaged 27.8 yards, including a 92-yard touchdown run. One of two touchdowns that Grace had that day for a total of 167 yards. And this weekend, the Women's Football Alliance Game of the Week is two of the proverbial well-known teams in all of women's football. The D.C. Divas travel to play the two-time defending national champion Boston Renegades. Yeah, these two teams met three times back in 2018. D.C. was able to keep the total between the three games within four points, but in 2019, when they met three times, Boston took care of business, beating them by a combined total of 81 points. Six meetings in the last two seasons. Boston with the 5-1 to one edge. What's going to happen this weekend? Tune into For the Fans Network. Follow them on For the Fans HQ on Twitter or Instagram. And, of course, the Women's Football Alliance across all social media platforms to find out how to watch the game in your area. Until next week, Brian Sweeney, Mr. Announcer Guy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Mark. Um, so there it is, the preview for the fans this weekend, Roku or any other outlet you can get, forthefanslive.com. Uh, you can go to Next Level Sports as well. That's going to be right on there. Uh, so I'm pretty excited to see Congialdi against Cahill. Hey, I'm always excited to see Congialdi against Cahill. It's, it's always a good matchup. Um, there's nothing better really than having a couple great quarterbacks, you know, playing against each other, squaring off. And then we have Scott against Bond. It's just, it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, a, it's another another uh, element there. Um Really exciting. Hopefully, it's going to be very competitive. Uh, can uh, Can Boston and DC competitive as uh, Arlington and Houston? That would be a great back to back gamers of the week for the WFA. That would be great. Yeah, that would be something. Usually, how it rolls out for DC and Boston are these like high scoring games. Um, it's I, I'd have to search my memory for a low scoring game between DC and Boston. So. Um, for anybody who's going to uh, watch on FTF next, uh, expect some high-scoring action. It's going to be great. Um, so if you get it, uh, go to the WFAwebsite.com. You get all the details there on the For the Fans, or you can go on Twitter at For the Fans HQ. You get the preview there, or you can follow us on Twitter at Great Iron Beauty, or you stay in the know at the hub at Facebook.com forward slash Great Iron Beauty. All right. We got Arizona Outcasts off their bye week, taking on Sin, uh, Sun City Stealth. Uh, we'll have Huntsville Tigers taking on Knoxville Lightning. Carolina will take on Jacksonville Dixie Blues, coming off a win. Uh, Jacksonville, pretty good win, 20-0, to zero, I believe it was. Grand Rapids, which is very surprising this year. So we'll see if they go uh, 3-0. and I think it's going to be for Grand Rapids, if I'm correct. Um, 
And then Austin against Houston. So can the energy rebound after that tough, uh, tough loss by one point against Arlington? That's tough. I'm pretty sure Houston will take care of business um, against Austin. Um, uh, the game that I'm really interested in, though, is going to be Derby City versus Detroit. As we were talking about Derby City coming off of a big 70 to nothing win. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they stand up to Detroit, um, especially in Detroit's house. Uh, both of these teams oh, yeah. are, are physical, tough teams, and um, I'll be keeping an eye on that one, that's for sure. And the uh, the other game we're going to be keeping an eye on is obviously Miami off a uh, one, uh, week rest, sort of a bye week rest. They take it on in the Inferno. That's a class in Florida. Right. I mean, this this is a kind of this is a kind of a classic matchup, right? How many times have they met, like, in history, like, at least at least a dozen times? Um, and it always seems to be going back and forth with these Florida teams. So, um, it, it it looks like Tampa Bay is come out very very strong. You know, Miami didn't play last week, so we don't really know how they stacked up against uh, Orlando, who was Tampa Bay's uh, just previous opponent. So this will be an interesting game. And it should be interesting to see how uh, I'm, I'm excited for three of those games, Miami, Tampa. We got uh, the um, Dark Angels taking on Derby. You got Boston, D.C. as the main game of the week. And then wanting to see if the outcasts are going to run, you know, another win here because we got to keep an eye on them because they're, they're starting to look really good. Right, right. They're, they're definitely um... – I can see that there's excitement building there, which is great. It's great for them. Uh, very happy. And, um, and and in looking at the West and, you know, in Division Three, you know, there's a lot of room there for Arizona to do some damage. So they could be – they could really be in the thick of it come time of playoffs. And I think that's, that's what we want to see. We want to see just competition. Uh, D3, we talked about at the beginning of last week, D3 is going to be one of those uh, uh, divisions that we got to look at and kind of dissect a lot further each week because it, there's so many teams, and now we got to, like, put our top five together. So I put my top five together in D3 currently, and I have Arizona at the top, Grand Rapids, Tidal Waves, number two, OKC, number three, Zydeco, number four, and add the power there, number five. Uh, in in the Division Two, I added Nevada as number one, uh, DDA num- number two, Miami Mile High number three, Baltimore four, and then Miami fifth. In Division One, of course, I have Boston, Cali War, uh, I would say Tampa, uh, Arlington, Minnesota as the top right now. Yep, sounds sounds good to me. Um, I definitely agree with you that. Certainly going forward, we'll be looking at Division Three, like, very, very carefully. We're going to get our magnifying glass out there and um, really try and dissect uh, what's happening. They've just got so many teams. It's all kind of evenly balanced into um, four regions. So, um, it, you know, the cream's going to rise to the top, and, and we'll be able to watch it happen. So I'm yeah, very it's excited. going to be interesting, interesting to see how OKC fares in D3. Um, I think mo- that's probably the team I'm eyeing more so than anything because they, they, they come into the WFA from a successful previous league, and how are they going to be the standouts in D3? And it looks like they're on their way. 
definitely I can't disagree. All right, so let's uh, give everybody the lowdown for for the fans. So if you missed it, uh, May 1st uh, game for the WFA game of the week was Orlando-Tampa Bay. You can watch it now uh, on the uh, Next Level Sports at For the Fans. Uh, This coming last week, it will be uploaded, I believe, tomorrow or Wednesday. You can replay it, uh, and I encourage you, everybody, to go watch this game because it was a really awesome defensive matchup. Arlington-Houston, 8-7 was the result. And coming up this weekend, D.C. Divas against Boston. The week after, it is Houston Energy taking on Dallas Elite. And that's going to be crucial for Dallas the week after because they need to – it's a must-win, basically, if they want to stay in the hunt. And then the other matchup is going to be the rematch, uh, Mark, uh, in, I believe, June 5th. It's going to be uh, Boston Divas once again. That's right. I was surprised to see that matchup on twice. Um, and uh, I don't know if uh, they expect to change it um, for, you know, any any reason. But um, that'll, that'll be great. You get to the return matchup. For the fans, uh, if you've got Uverse, it's uh, channel 1665. If you've got Files, channel 597. If you've got DirecTV, it's channel 623. If you've got Roku or Twitch, you can look it up under WFA or For the Fans as well. Um, so pretty, pretty exciting week uh, three coming up here. Uh, DC Divas taking on Boston. Uh, you would say, Mark, this is probably, probably the elite rivalry in all women's football in terms of the U.S. scene, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. I'm just looking at the history. It just goes back so far, even before the Renegades, with the militia, the Boston militia and the Divas. Um, always been, you know, right right at each other. Most games have been very close, uh, and Sometimes one will get on top of the other one. It, there's almost no story that hasn't been told by looking at these two teams, you know, football-wise. The classic match. I, I think. Yeah, I think this is where I, the brand, like I've told Win before. I think this is the brand. This is the this is the WFA. So if you want to introduce the WFA to any fan, uh, I think you have to introduce the uh, to any fan. It would be replays of Boston, DC. And then you would the fans will dive into that. You know, this is this is the the marquee franchises in this league in the WFA, the, the top tier. You know, uh, besides you know the Cali Wars or the Dallas Elite before that, but for the most part, in terms of rivalries, this is it. This is the big rivalry. Yes, I mean they've had I mean had like record breaking games, like most points scored in a women's football game, uh, and that happening in like in the playoffs, like in the conference champions. So um, there's always seems to be a lot at stake in these games, um, and the teams will just always rise to meet each other. That's what a rivalry is. That other team actually brings out the best in you, Um, and that's just the way it's been working for Boston and D.C. low these many years. So it's going to be an awesome uh, weekend of women's tackle football. We can't forget Spain, so let's before we get out of here, let's talk about Spain. Uh, it's the uh, LNFA Femenina 7-on-7 seven seven, last weekend of the regular season. We're getting ready for the playoffs. You can get the preview right there, Andrew, Andrew Sahak, uh, also from FEPA.es. Get the preview right there, 7-on-7 seven seven action. Valencia uh, against Barcelona Buffaloes. They get the win, 20-14, to and the, the last uh, week of the regular season. So that puts them basically in the playoffs, 
uh, second classified in the Eastern Conference at 5-1. and one. The Valencia uh, will face each other in the semis uh, with the Las Rosas Black Demons, 6-0, and oh, undefeated champions of the West Conference after closing the regular season with a resounding victory against uh, Cal Salda, 61-0, sort of what the, the Renegades did this past weekend against DDA. Uh, the other semifinal uh, Barbera rookies, 6-0, and oh, also uh, on top of the Eastern Conference. They beat uh, Drac Girls 51-0 in Badalona, and the Osa Rivas 4-2, second in the West. So Valencia could only lose uh, in the semifinals. If they lose to the Buffaloes, that'll be, uh, they have to do a difference of 34 points, Mark. So they go by uh, point differential. So they've got to really score 34 more points in the semis in the first round if, if, they, if they have to win uh, so they can make the playoffs at this point. So it's, they got to score basically a lot. And seven on seven is pretty intricate in, in terms of scoring because, uh, you know, one, one play can really get you going. Right. It seems like, you know, 34 points is, is a pretty big margin, no matter, you know, no matter how many aside are playing. But as you said, I mean, seven and seven, that tends to be a fast game, I would imagine. So the possibility is there. And so we had uh, two touchdowns by Natalia Alvarez, uh, just six seconds from the intermission to put the firebacks ahead. He also had a two-point conversion for uh, Nick Gold, Andrea Salazar. That was at 14-6 to six for the matchup of the game. Uh, then you also had her extend the lead 20-6. to six. Uh, The Buffaloes did not give up uh, anything at the end, uh, but they did score a touchdown by Lydia Granados, a conversion by Laura uh, Alberta Albert, 20-14. So, um, the Fire, uh, Firebats win. And the other two matchups, you can watch one of them on Twitch as well. Uh, the Black Demons, meanwhile, won with no problem against uh, Casalda, uh, 61, against the Truckers. And so that's just going to set up the, the playoffs. So get the um, whole playoff picture right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauty. So that's what's happening in Spain. We're going to be diving into the Maritime uh, they're having a season up there, so I was I was sent a message uh, last week. So we'll see what the maritime season is going to look like. They had their jamboree this past weekend. So uh, we'll, uh, those girls up in Canada. I know the uh, the WWCFL is not having a season on the western side of Canada, so that's kind of disappointing in that sense. Uh, same thing with Mexico. Mexico did not have a season at all because of the COVID restrictions. So uh, kind of happy that we have WNFC and WFA in action. Yeah, we're we're fortunate, definitely, and it is good to hear that, you know, they are playing some some football up in Canada. I think New Brunswick has has um, closed its borders pretty tightly, so that might allow them to to be able to do that. Um, good for them. I'm glad they're playing. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to reach out to Trina, uh, Trina Graves, which is part of the St. John's uh, Storm. So uh, she's gonna try and give me some feedback in terms of you know the schedule and what's gonna look like, so that we can kind of make a note of that every week in terms of their action happening and uh, kind of get some information on that and share those things as well. So um, normally we'd be in Hotbed uh, North America swing right now, uh, Mark. Normally we'd have Lexvo in action, FX Mexico. We would have uh, LaFi uh, on top of the WNFC, WFA. Uh, we would have WCFL in May. Uh, so all this COVID thing, you know, just threw a wrench and all that other. But normally we'd be full bore into action. I mean, I would be pulling my hairs right now just trying to, like, keep up with everything. Yeah, yeah, I'd oftentimes find myself, like, asking myself, you know, they have 
They have women's football in that country. I haven't even heard of that country. <laughs> it's grown. But this is a good opportunity, really, to, um, you know, I think to dig a bit deeper into some of the leagues that are going on, um, you know, including maritime and uh, not to mention our own leagues here in the United States. Yeah, and we got uh, the lowdown. If you guys need exclusive coverage, we always encourage you to go to hometown, the hometown group uh, led by uh, uh, Burmy, and Burmy does a great job of uh, weekly recaps and everything else up there too. So if you guys want to follow the hometown uh, group, it's really informative, and that's where we get some of the information as well. Uh, just we everybody networks because we just want to bring awareness to women's tackle football no matter what. Um, so Mark, it's been fun. I hope you've had some fun. Week one and now week two, talking women's tackle football on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Oscar. This is great. Uh, Tuesday nights are always nice. Uh, get some tea, some coffee, or some caffeine, as I tell the girls all the time. So it just depends on what you want to drink. <laughs> I'm a caffeine guy, mostly. Yeah, no alcohol out, just to make sure everybody on the air understands we're not drunk or anything. <laughs> no, we we just sound that way sometimes with our crazy ideas, right? It's the nozzle in the no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, just clear water. That's all we get. Clear water is all we can get. Um, but no, it's been it's been great having you on. Uh, really got some positive feedback last week of having you on, and the uh, fans are really really uh, enjoying the voice of the backseat coach. So that's pretty cool. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, fans. So we're looking forward to D.C., Boston this weekend. Kind of giddy for that. Uh, we're looking forward to the WNFC matchups, the clashes there as well. Um, you know, good luck to Christy Acasio and Carrie Walters going up against the 2019 runner-up Utah Falcons and our, our co-host out there, Holly Custis. Um, so it's going to should be a good matchup as well. So it's a, it was a really good podcast today. I really appreciate it. Don't forget, you guys, go to monkeyknife5.com. Use the code NGF, free $5 play, up to a $100 match. You can play NBA, NHL. Uh, you can play M- MMA, anything. If you're good at props, you know, more or less is what I play best. So if you match up, you can put in, you know, $5 turns to $15, $30 turns to $60, and, and you can pretty much make almost up to three times to five times your money. So if you're good at that, you can make some quick dough and help out the podcast as well. So use our code NGF and get started there. Don't forget to go to the No Joke Football Shop, up to 25% off on tanks, leggings, capris, and everything else. Help support our and spotlight other amazing athletes in our sport. And if you're in the international swing, uh, just go to your code site. So go to the main site at Zazzle.com. Go all the way down. You have country code. You link it up. Choose your code in terms of the country. Go right there. You're going to save on shipping. That's number one. You're going to, you're going to save on time frame to get the gear for you. And we we'll really appreciate you guys doing that. So shout out to the Spanish crowd out there, the Germany uh, German crowd, and also the Finland crowd for um, um, supporting our stuff and ordering our stuff. So really, really appreciate. Supports our podcast, keeps us going here. We've been on for eight years. Can't be uh, nothing but grateful to Zazzle.com for helping us out. So we got to give a shout out to all our uh, supporters, right, Mark? It's on the air. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so, Mark, anything else before we get out of here? It's uh, just looking forward to week three, and uh, we get to we get we get to watch football again. Yeah, I'm ready for week three, even though I haven't quite recovered from week two yet. <laughs> Don't forget to go watch uh, Arlington Impact 
versus Houston Energy. It's just uh, once it loads up, it'll be I think uh, probably within another forty-eight hours, and you can go to uh, for the fans right there. You can watch the Week One matchup of Tampa Bay against uh, Orlando, and don't forget this weekend uh, marks Boston Renegades against uh, DC Divas. So it's going to be a great, great matchup. All right, guys, uh, thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and iHeart. They're on all our sites. And, uh, Mark, it's been wonderful. I hope you've had a good time. And I hope you'll come back next week, and we'll talk week three as well and see what's going on. I hope to as well. Thank you very much. Good night. Have a great night, Mark. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that was Mark Simone of the Bat, at Backseat Coach on Facebook and Twitter and giving us the lowdown on the WFA, WNFC. And we will have Cassie Dobson coming back here to break down the WNFC action week three. Uh, pretty exciting. Got a lot of feedback from the fans. Really loved her being on the podcast, and really we really enjoyed her coming on. So looking forward to next week. And uh, we'll be lining up a couple more guests here in the next couple weeks as we focus on the, the Women's Football Alliance and the Women's National Football Conference action week to week, including the Maritime uh, overseas. And then we'll start diving into the semifinals in LNFA Femenina. So if you miss anything, like I said, go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. For the option, Holly Custis, the option, Mackenzie Brooks, Nate Ward, and for Mark, Simone, Oscar Lopez saying here, we'll catch you next week for 373. Have a great night, everybody.